Think of an experience from your childhood. Something you remember clearly. Something you can see, feel, maybe even smell, as if you were really there. After all, you really were there at the time, weren't you? How else could you remember it? But here is the bombshell. You weren't there. Not a single atom that is in your body today was there when that event took place. Every bit of you has been replaced many times over, which is why you eat, of course. You are not even the same shape as you were then. The point is that you are like a cloud, something that persists over long periods while simultaneously being in flux. Matter flows from place to place and momentarily comes together to be you. Whatever you are, therefore, you are not the stuff of which you are made. If that does not make the hair stand up on the back of your neck, read it again until it does, because it is important. And that's Steve Grand from his book, Life and How to Make It. And I thought it would be important as a sort of foundation for the argument and, I don't know, the talk we're going to have today yeah. about free will. Discussion. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that I am part of, like, that. that the, the matter that makes me up is part of me, though. It's not that... That it's not part of me. It is me. I am matter, and I'm also okay. But before we get thought. too, I understand what you're saying because I actually agree. But before we get too confusing, uh, let's first establish a little, some simple, I don't know, guidelines to free will, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Okay. Like a definition, a working definition of what. We're well, talking I thought about. here's here's what I thought about. Yeah. So what I thought about was what is the the common person, which is me included, of course. What is the average person? Um, think free will is, right? And I think most people would say that, well, free will is just your ability to make a decision that you then act upon. Right. Right? And a lot of times, uh, I think in movies or in, in conversation, people like to think of uh, free will as sort of like the faces of a coin, right? Um, even if you chose head chose heads you could have done tails like everything is sort of a 50 50 split mm. in its decision um okay so that's that's sort of i think the common idea or the common understanding of what free will is, is sort yeah of what not having think. any outside influences per se you know like like a like a brain tumor or something like that no 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 even like, simpler than that just just people yeah. making decisions yeah. either red or you know if you had to choose between red or blue or chocolate and vanilla you you it, it's you that's choosing one of those two things, right? I would agree. That's that's, that's free what most will, people and believe, that's, and that and that that is what we have. I would agree with. That. I well, I would say that that's not even close to what to what we have. And I think science, and I would say there's three. I I would say you can prove it three different ways, actually, even though it's really just one way. But the reason I brought it up is in in that simple description is just so that we have some sort of foundation, just a baseline for what most people think free will is, how they believe their free will right. to be. Right. Because yeah, that's how most people operate, right? They they think their decisions are their own. Yeah, which they are. Which they are, but in a, in a, in a more obscure, what I think we're going to try to argue for today, at least I am, is that it's it's more obscure than that, at least the way I see it. And I... I don't know how obscure it is. I think that people try and breed a lot into it when it's, when it's just as simple as I'm making a decision. 
Like I put processes in place to make it to, but do, to you, do things. Do you, but how important is, okay, then I guess what it comes down to really is how much of an important part does your consciousness play in your free will? Because it's easy just to say that your body is sort of like a factory, you know, that is just producing parts and has moving mechanics and decisions that it comes up with are then sort of broadcasted through your consciousness. Okay. Right. In other words, that way, in in that sense, you do feel that the decision that came to you is your decision. Right. But I I would say that your consciousness is the floodgates. Right. It'll it is the last thing that makes the it's the final step in your decision process. Is it though? I I don't I don't think I agree with it. As far as I understand, your consciousness is really more like an audience member. It's sort of just waiting for the script, or or like an orator. It's waiting for the script, and then it's going to say what what the what is on the script and the script is written by the rest of you and that is really what your what free will is is well, more of like I a, would say that your consciousness gets to make the last decision it's like the veto power of the president you know but there's no decision making in your consciousness your consciousness just receives whatever the decision is it's like if i asked you right now for like we can test it right now so let's do this for real uh zach yes what is your favorite color black Okay. If you allow black to be a color. Okay. If um, if I asked you to um, let's let me let me ask you to choose just a random just a, just choose any movie doesn't matter why just choose a movie right now what's the first right. movie that comes to your mind Mighty Python the okay Quest of the Holy Grail now I ask yourself this why did you choose that movie because we talked about that before one day and it was in my head and it was primed. It wasn't necessarily okay, but even then, you don't know why you chose that movie. That even that, even the definition for why you chose that movie is a thought that arrived in your consciousness. You didn't didn't actually articulate that. You 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 weren't part of of the process for coming to that decision. It just arrived in your thought. I see. I don't agree with that. I, I look for things, right? Well, you don't have to agree with it, but. It's it's unavoidable truth. I mean, well, 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 why is it an unavoidable truth? Because what, you can't what, what you proves? can't define because you can't define how your brain came to that conclusion. You have no pretense. You have no will. You have no will before your will. No free will. Right. No, but if no I'm if I'm actively looking, if I'm actively looking for a memory, or actively like trying to find something to correlate with your your words, isn't that? That's me looking. That's but me all, doing the all, thing. But every thought that you have in your consciousness is a conclusion. It is a decision that you didn't make. See, I believe not in your consciousness. That's the point. I think that's where the, I think where where this argument gets really fuzzy. I, I and I notice even like amongst like actual intellectuals, like you know, <laughs> scientific people, like actual neurologists and whatnot, is that, well, they don't even have a clear definition of consciousness. So well, no lacking, one really knows what consciousness is. Yeah, that's the, the. I think that's the real problem about free will is not that it doesn't exist or that it's an illusion, but rather how much of a part your consciousness plays. And maybe you're right. Maybe there is because here's what I think. I think you are right in the sense that um, our consciousness does play a part in future decisions. I think. I think when you orate a decision let's say even do your even if it's or even if you don't say aloud something you've decided upon that mm-hmm. came to you you say it to yourself quietly right in your own mind as they say even right. that um can affect future decisions right so the fact that you chose monty python as the movie i told you asked you to just choose a random one 
that may that may now be as you said primed for future versions of that question it may right. automatically come up first because of that reason so in that sense your consciousness having portrayed or orated that fact that decision has played a part in future decision making i think that's true and yeah I but that's still me too. and that's still me making decisions right well that's just it i mean I, people so like a materialist person would probably say that um you know free will is an illusion and and i would say that that it's sort of uh sort of a cop out it's sort of like an it's you know sort of like leaving the argument in a way mm -hmm. because even if you can even if we could prove that your consciousness plays no part in in your decision making and therefore free will is an illusion it's an illusion that you generated it's still coming from you so yeah. I mean, either way like you said it I, is part I, it's of you. part of me my subconscious is me Right. right. I'm still making a decision using my subconscious and, and biases and everything. That's still part of me making a decision. Yeah. That's all those still, cogs are yours. Just, it's still the same clock telling time, so to speak. Yeah. So I do agree with that. I think that, um, I think free will as the way I'd, we, you know, I described it earlier that I think most of us were brought up to believe how, you know, that you can, you make a decision and that's who you are. Right. I think that is, I think that is an illusion. And I think we do prove that that doesn't exist. That I'm not making a decision between chocolate that and your con That your consciousness is not solely responsible for your will. Oh, no. My will. subconscious is not solely responsible. Or my, my consciousness is not solely responsible for everything. Because there are processes involved with inside myself, right? Like, and you can set up habits, right? And that's a, that's a decision that you made. You, you, you set up this habit. Regardless of if it's a healthy or unhealthy habit, you did those things to put those that into place. You just so that's you doing it. That's a decision. So do you believe? So where do you think your do you think free will is metaphysical? Is there is there some unknown non physical attributes to to being a person? No, it's all part human? of me. Everything. It's all physical. It's all, all of it's me all is physical. There is no. Yeah, there's no unreal part of me, right? There, at least not that I know of. And right. if I don't know of it, and any, you can't I'll, know what you don't know. Yeah, and it's like I don't think that that has any part of it. No, even if there is a soul or whatever beyond myself uh, as a physical being, I don't think it's contributing to my reality as it is. Well, that's something I've spoken with with because I'm not a religious person, but. Um, religious people, I guess Christians is mostly what I who I talk to is you know Christians when it comes to religious people. Uh, that's what they believe. But I would say that in a way that's what you just described, or like what a religious person would describe as their spirit who is responsible for their decisions. Right? It's sort of like saying that there's another person who is you but isn't you that's telling you what to do. So even in that sense, you don't have free will if you believe that. In other words, if well, like, I always thought if that you're the taxi and you and the spirit is the taxi driver, mm -hmm. right? And your body is just a vehicle, including its mind, right? And there's something beyond that which would, they would call their spirit that is making decisions. I think even then, that's just more proof that you aren't making that you have no free will. Yeah, but in I, the traditional would, sense, in the way that I've grew up learning about you know the Bible and stuff, is that going back to your your driver and, and car. Like your body's the car and your soul's the driver. That's how I've always 
learned as a right. being. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. I mean, I but so you are the one turning the car, your soul. If that's what that's how I learned it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that, in that definition, it, it 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 doesn't make any sense, and it's confusing even to think about. To me, that would be your 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 thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your doing. That would be your soul, if you know, and then that transcends into another realm. So all your but thoughts then, and memories carry with you. Yeah, but even then, it isn't you. You're, you're talking about two well, different things, you. right? No, that's still you. Well, it's it's still part of like, it's it's connected to, but it doesn't it, it doesn't in the end product. It isn't you making a decision. It's your spirit, which is something else that's just connected to you, no matter how close or cloned or or, or it, how well it mimics who you are it's not oh no it is it's not it's your not a, mind it's not a mimic i don't know I'm i know not, i'm not religious I, to uh, to the extent to know that stuff so i can't i'm no theologian you know i can't spout about well i mean even i think well I, there's and, no, I, and i don't you know i don't really follow i don't c- claim myself to be a, a true believer in any religion so i can't really go too deep into that because i don't really have any so- concrete beliefs in any religion I'm starting to feel like I've said everything I want to say about free will because for me it comes across as uh I don't know, for me it's it's easy to accept that um the decisions my mind makes or that my body makes, because that really it's all one thing. Yes. You know, the fact that uh my consciousness is the last to know and then take credit for that decision making it's really, to me, kind of irrelevant. It doesn't really matter to me. It, it doesn't absolve me of guilt or responsibility because I don't, I, you know, that's, I think, that's the argument I've seen has been made, you know, because that's going off, like, again, the traditional idea of free will. Well, I would say if you if you don't have free will, you are not morally responsible for your actions. Well, that's that that's that's the, that's the argument, that's the stupid argument I would say that some people would make is that it absolves you, like I said, of any of any wrongdoing or guilt that you would do because it's sort of like saying that you're a prisoner in your own body, which is not true. I don't I don't agree with that mentality. But I think that's what determinism is saying, isn't it? It's saying that you are not responsible for your actions. You're you're you you can still be punished because that is part of creating a cause and effect. And well, for you not to do the thing that is, I think what the, that means, though, I I think what you're really saying is that you're not post morally responsible for your actions. Meaning, um, if you if you could have chose to be a better person and knew how, you would have, right? That goes back to the coin flip or two sides of a decision. Well, I don't know because it's about if if you're a determinist, then you would it's just cause and effect. Well, that's it's what I mean. Like, you, you, if if your makeup, your biological makeup, is to be a a murderer, mm-hmm. a psychopath, then that's it. What they're saying is that you are really sort of a victim. That you are not yeah. necessarily to blame for being the crazy right. person that you are. But that which I agree, which doesn't mean you shouldn't be punished. No, yeah, I don't think that. That's what I'm saying. It shouldn't absolve you morally. That's yeah, I agree with that. Well, I would say it would absolve you morally, but it would not absolve you for your actions in the sense of you still just need to be punished. So it creates a system of of continuing people to be good. Yeah, but you can't you can't here. I would say you can't take the morality out of it because there are. 
I do see again. Here we come back to it. I we do, would just I be do. all neutral, right? There would well, be no good it. and evil. I don't, it would just be a neutral act. You're just doing things. Well, good and good and evil is subjective, subjective anyway. Yeah. It's not. I mean, th- th- does the sun or the moon care that humans rape and pillage and make war? No, the universe doesn't give a shit about that. Right. 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 So I wouldn't far say it doesn't care about anything. <laughs> well, it, that, it too is but neutral. That, I'm just trying to make an abstract yeah. example because it's just. It's just sort of absurd to, to, to say that that matters any, any, to anything beyond us, right? Human morality matters to humans and only humans. Right. So we're not even all humans, depending on your morality, because it is, like we're saying, subjective, because not everyone believes what's moral for one, for one type of people is moral for another. People. Yeah, that's true. Have you ever watched? I watched a documentary with my brother the other day called The Hyena Men. Have you ever heard of that? Hyena Men? Yeah. That sounds fun. Do they yeah, laugh a lot? Yeah, nah, they're pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> oh, never mind. I, I think oh, of those like people. The, are they like coyotes? And like, so what they are is uh, they're like a gang in okay. Nigeria. I think it's Nigeria. It's like West Africa. And they, just to tell you about it quickly, they're, a Rome, they're nomadic. They're very gypsy-like. And they have their, you know, and of course they have their own close family units and whatnot. Mm. And what they claim to do is capture wild animals like hyenas and baboons, uh, poisonous snakes, cobras, things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and then they drag them. They live in squalor. I mean, they live in like trash heaps. These people are poor. They're homeless. They're constantly moving around the country, and and getting into fights with other rival gangs, uh, which are mostly made up of just young men without jobs and homes. And it's it's a sad situation, like just in general. West right. Africa is not a happy place to be, so of course, yeah, these it weird was things are developed to there. Create conflict, well, the borders and everything. But with the hyena men, they their morality is that their connection with these animals is not abuse, um, and the fact that you know you the documentary shows how you know they they drag these animals around, they're malnourished, they're not taken care of. Um, but there seems to be also some guile, some lying to what they say and do. I mean, um, the doc, the documenters try to try to you know try to try to videotape, try to record them actually catching wild animals and things like that. And they don't, they fail to do it. In fact, they claim to do it outside of the camera and then just show up with a you know a hyena puppy. Okay, that they, they scare the mother out of the den and they capture this you know wild hyena. Um, so I think there's some fishiness to it, but my point of bringing them up is that in their minds, their animal treatment is not is not abuse. So yeah, I mean, but can't I don't know this this comes down to like even though it's about animals, it still applies to them as well as well being. The argument of well being, you know that that there is I and I agree with this. I think there's some fundamentals to morality overall that are just inarguable they they're 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 at base true they have to be if if what we're measuring is well-being yeah but then you can get into people with uh, with like psychopathy right they don't necessarily feel anything right they don't have strong emotions yeah, but that's like a disease you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about a condition but it becomes that, a part of them that's how they are that is them but that yeah. is clearly an exception isn't it i mean to me it is right i'm just saying that that there are uh different ways to view the world like like the hyena yeah I'm not, are I don't, you saying I don't know that you defend not. would you defend a psychopath's lack of morality as an acceptable form of morality then 
there's plenty of uh how is that psychopaths there's plenty of psychopaths in the world that are functional in society that's not what i mean so it's like there's still a you you can still be well you can act out the part of being a good person and not be a good person but that that doesn't mean that you i don't think that means we should defend that person's decision to to be false or to be uh, in a sense if they are psychopathic they suffer from if we want to call that a disease they suffer from a disease or you know a malfiction or uh what's the word i'm looking for mal um i can't think of the word but um they suffer from something that keeps them from being what we consider moral at base which is like again i'll, I'll say it the, which is the defense of you know of human well-being in other yeah. words what is truly good for someone compared to what is truly bad for them right and irregardless of their 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 awkward or abstract stance on it that you know that 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 just sounds wrong. It, it does. It, it some things just are wrong at base. We have to accept that, don't we? We can't. Just I think that I don't. Morality. I don't know if it's about morality at that point. I think there's things that work well in society, right? Like not stealing from your neighbor and not murdering your, you know, your clan. I think there's things that are that are important not to do. But I don't know if that falls under morality per se. What is? It I just does. think that it, that it's just this is a functional use of how to survive in society and to make each other thrive well that's the definition of, of morality i would the say definition of morality is the opposite of yours your morality so whatever you find to be good but that's my that's so good let's break it down that, to it's very level. subjective it, it is i can i don't think it, it is I, th- I don't think not entirely i think yes some things can be subjective with morality but i think some things are are just like a universal truth when it comes to morality as far as we're concerned and i'll like to give you an example i mean let's keep it really simple if um, you know, let's say that uh, some some culture on the planet believes that uh, there. Okay, there is a culture that believes that uh, young men. I think this is again in Africa. It's like a, a tribe. That, there are a tribe of uh, people that worship uh, alligators. Okay. Okay. And so when the men come of age, they have to use a special razor sharp tool, and I forget what they make it out of. It's out of bone or something like that, and they have to create tiny little incisions every like quarter to half inch in their skin right and what this does is it scars the skin to make it look and feel like an alligator skin and it's a rite of passage okay now what happens is many times i think they said like a third of the young men that do this die from infection from infection and from loss of blood all kinds of things because you know they're doing this in the middle of the jungle really in the middle of nowhere uh, where they where the, most of these people live or in small villages, right? And um, and so they are in in they are in in essence, um, killing. They're killing young men, and they're they're put and 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 the experience that each each that the experience that these young men go through for doing this, even if they survive it, which most of them do, right, is a completely unhealthy and unpleasant one. Right, so wouldn't you say that in the when it, when it matters as it matters to human well being, that is not at the top of the peak of the best possible thing to do as a rite of passage. In fact, it's more at the bottom. It's a negative experience because it causes pain and death. So we can't. I would argue. I would say that be, when if more if morality is to mean anything as it means as, when it pertains to human well being, then no matter how you slice it. This is an immoral act. 
Just because it's religious or culturally acceptable does not make it a morality that we should defend. This is this is yeah, this but is that's, bad. That's that's for them to decide. No, what I to don't do agree within with their that. own culture. That's I don't that's agree for with them that. if they if they want to perpetuate this. So what's this your tradition. what's your limit on that though? Then I mean, how do you how do you argue any how do you argue argue with that sensibly? Like let's take this further. Let's let's imagine that there was a culture that uh, decided that you know every fifth baby had to be stabbed to death right because it was de- because they believed that this was a way that that sac- that was a way of sacrifice this was a good thing to them and they believed right. that this mattered in a, and it had a positive effect on you know the their crop that year or uh, right. their their family's fortune in the future would you still defend that as a moral act because they decided it was Kind of, yeah, because like you, you take wow. human sacrifices back to uh, Aztec or even Celtic uh, traditions, they would do it. It's, it's, it's all, it's within their culture, it's fine. It's, I don't, it's, I it's don't in, agree it's, you with can't that, judge them by your Why morals not? because it's yours. But it's not my moral. Human well being is everyone's concern, no matter who you are, right? As long as no one's a. a Forcing things on me, I'm fine. How does it, how, know? how is a baby being stabbed not forced upon that baby? How does that baby? No, that's forced. What upon decision them, does that baby make? The, the, even no. in this, in the, even but, even the young man who's who's cutting his skin, he doesn't get a choice in that. They're not allowed, right? Because then do you're it. then you're exiled and then you die yeah. for sure. But it's like, but that's something that that they're perpetuating within their own culture, right? That's that's their beliefs. That's not for. But me it does. To, it extends beyond that because. If you accept it, then you automatically defend it in that sense because you, you've allowed it to happen. You're saying that's okay. Those humans can suffer, that human well-being uh, is subjective, that you know pain can be good or uh, you know causing death or illness or sickness or not- pain is, can be morally justified as long as it's accepted. And I, I would argue that I'm that's not-, not true. I would say that at base. I'm not saying that it's a good thing. That it's good for them to be doing this, but I'm you, just, but you, but, but it's okay saying, for them to do it. You think it's okay? I, okay, so the way I'm thinking of it though is within history content, right? I'm talking about right because, now, today though. Yeah, but that's like the same thing, isn't it? If you go, if you look at uh, your own people's history, right? That you, that you, your ancestors would have done. I'm sure there's some mer- some heinous morality that they they've committed. Yeah, they're rapers you know? and murderers. So. But you can't judge them that they're horrible people. Why not? Because it's not it's not it's not my place to say what they did was wrong. Why not? Because it's just because because it's not not in that time. It's their place in that time. Okay, so forget about history. How about right now? But isn't it the same thing? No, their history. But it's a different people in history. Are dead. It's a. It's yeah. They care less than a shit about what we think. But it's a it's a geological isolated area. Right, it doesn't matter. So, if it's, so it's out of my world, like it is in history. It's out of my world. So because, I guess the only thing so is, the I humans could, aren't suffering in your living room. They, their their well being doesn't matter to you. No, it's not that their well being doesn't matter to me. It's just that it's, I don't have their lived experiences. Right, I can't go into them and tell them, I can't oppose my own morality on other people. I would say that because um, because what's the end of that, right? Where where's the who who maybe someone can come to you and say video games are immoral man well, you got to stop doing point. this you can't play this game anymore 
It's like this is this is horrible for you. You're you're gaining weight. If we could prove that playing video games was not good for human well being, then yeah, it would be a bad thing. It is. It is a bad thing in the sense of it. You're not working. You're not. You're not physically active. You're not making money. You're not. You're not perpetuating survival by right, playing but, video but games. Well, but human well being so isn't black and white. Well, but it's not black and white. We're talking about a scale here, right? And I'm talking about the extremities of it. So what I'm getting, my point is, is, is really again just simply this: at base, if morality is to mean anything in our in our in our decision making about how humans should be treated, living humans, not ones in history, but those alive today and those to live after us, then there has to be some fundamental, some elemental things to uh, to morality that are just universal. They have to be because otherwise. If we if we can always say that you know anything can be done to a human as long as it's socially accepted, then we allow suffering to yeah, occur. Yeah, but, but social acceptance changes. It right? doesn't matter. But the point so, is that the suffering took place at all. So we can't wait. You can't wait for the the religious belief or the cultural belief uh, or the you know the even democratic or tyrannical belief, the political belief rather, to change accidentally in favor of well being because. History definitely shows that's not true. It doesn't accidentally change in our favor ever or, or very, so rarely that it is not to be measured because right. it's just no, the not peop, The true people of, us. of the culture change the culture. They change the, the social acceptance. We've seen it in our own time what has become socially acceptable and what has not been socially acceptable. But shouldn't anymore. shouldn't socially so, social acceptance should be shouldn't forceful change be put on social acceptance based on human well being? Like from the outside. Well, it's what do you mean from the outside? It's from all part from of, me to Africa, dude. Yeah, what am I from anywhere? So, does that mean that anyone anyone can come here and and say what their belief on morality is, and then change our? Again, this is not you. You keep coming. I think you're maybe missing part of this. It's not. I'm not talking about subjective morality. I'm talking about fundamental reality, the very base well being of of human of, of human goodness and well being. In other words, what is best? If if there is a chart that we could say, if we drew a chart right now, and at the top of the chart it said that, uh, you know, the the top of the chart represented the absolute best in human well well being, right? Okay. The the fluffiest, you know, most heavenly, most uh, you know, safe. Everybody, the utopia yeah, of human existence. It's Wally, people floating on hover cars and just right. Like, it's just you know, excellent up there, right? Little and rascals. At, and at the bottom of the chart, in the valley of the chart, is the the lowest possible human well-being right in other words suffering constant suffering constant pain constant death and torture and and basically hell right okay and and i don't mean these in a metaphysical sense i mean like actual things occurring on the planet today in human culture right okay i think we have to agree that if human well-being matters anything to us we can't we can't just be subjective about it 100 percent. and yes we we have to we have to agree that irregardless of culture and belief that there are some things you can do to a human that are always going to be wrong. They're always going to be wrong. They're never going to be good. Okay. And that's I mean, I, I, I can agree with that, though. You know, it's like... I just think that... that different people are going to think differently about it, though. You well, know, they, you, 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 we you, already know that. We don't have a consistent, like... You can never do this, and you can, but this is okay. Like everyone's line changes. Is I think it is. It's subjective, hundred percent subjective morality. 
So no matter what we do to each other or is done to a human being, if it's acceptable socially at that time, it's okay. And they can't be judged... I don't. I don't think it's okay to go raping and you know murdering and you don't. But you think but it's okay for them to do it? If they think it's okay for them to do it, wow, <laughs> wow. Well, it's like I just. I'm judging you. That's fine. You can judge me. Um, I just don't think it's it's the outsider's place to put their their morality on on it. I guess then what I'm saying is that it's not my reality, it's the universe's reality, that there are just some things. Yes, I I agree with you that uh, as far as well-being is concerned, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think of like a, an example, like something simple that doesn't sound violent, too violent, like, you know, maybe in a relationship, one person likes the window being open no matter what time of the year it is, what season, right? Mm-hmm. And the other person hates it, and they hate it all times of the year. They don't ever want that window open. Okay, so you can negotiate in that in that in that, you know, in that relationship and say, well, half half halfway through the year, we'll leave the window open and the other half of the year, we'll leave it closed. Right. Mm -hmm. That that can be that that the well-being that's being uh, wagered there is so minor on the scale that I'm talking about the on the graph, the chart that I was talking about earlier. Right. That's somewhere very close to the middle as far as human well-being is concerned, because we're talking about what? whether or not someone has cold feet or a cold nose while they're sleeping or they're sweating. Mm-hmm. So that's very minor adjustments to human well-being. That can be negotiated upon. But I think at the extremities of human well-being, that can't be negotiated. I think I think there's an absolute so, bad and an absolute good. Okay, so what level do you need to bring the absolute bad to good, absolute good? Well, where, where do you stop? But the, where do you stop putting your moralities onto others? Well, well, it's not about forcing my reality. It's about... It's about accepting and agreeing that some things are universally and ultimately bad and ultimately and there are things that are ultimately good but what you're saying is that there's no limit you're saying they can do whatever the hell they want in that moment whether you agree with it or not that's irrelevant to you that's their culture that's their belief it doesn't matter how much human suffering occurs they're okay with it most people are okay with it obviously the victims aren't okay with it but I don't know. Maybe you could show them the other way. That would be fine. You can show them and let them make their decisions on, hey, maybe we but should you shouldn't stop this. judge them? No, it's not. You can't. It's See, not, I, it's I not think, my place to say that they're evil or whatever. You know, it's I, like, I, I think it is. I think humans have to judge humans. I don't believe that there's an, some other orbiter that's going to decide for us what's good or bad. I think I think the, the origin of of morality is is born from the fact that we realize somewhere early on in our in our growth and our evolution as human beings that uh, it doesn't just help others to do to be good to one another but it helps us like we we all prosper when we do the best that we can for each other yeah i agree with that okay now you might but I think I, what I'm hearing from you is that in your argument, that's really more of just of Western morality. No, where we not, could go to other places of the world. I wouldn't say that's morality. That's just what is morality. What do you mean? Morality you mean? is the opposite of what you consider, to, or immorality would be the opposite of whatever you consider to be evil. So if you consider it to be a bad thing, then it goes against your morals. That's all it is. Nah, I, I that, morality that, is that based is on well being. One hundred percent. I don't care what some dictionary says. Morality is based on well being. One hundred percent. 
I, I, it's, just, it's just unavoidable. I think. What else could it possibly mean? It can't be. It can't be just some metaphysical claim or some existential it is. idea. It is very much in your own mind. No, I think it's. I think. It, I think morality is very easily measured because human well-being does matter to humans, and that's why humans have to pass judgment on each other because we're the ones. We're the only ones that morality matters to. If you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, that also helps. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're still listening, then please consider supporting the show. We're working hard on our passion to create quality content, and we want to bring you much more. Indeed, we've got big plans for what we want to add to Audio Pong, and we'd also love to hear from you, the audience, on topics or content Zach and I can create for you. Visit AudioPong on RedCircle.com for more information on where to support the show and where to listen. Also, feel free to contact us directly through email with audiopong at gmail.com. Be happy. Be healthy. And have, have a metal, metal life. life. I could agree that the human being is important, right? You should treat your fellow person with kindness and respect and grow together. Because that's the only way to reach your highest limits, right? Is to cooperate. We are bred to cooperate with each other so let me ask you this if you if you're free if you it seems to me that you you believe that your free will is um much more um proactive so you do believe that you play a large that your consciousness plays a large part in your decision making it i think that my consciousness plays the final part okay in my and in why my okay will. so then if that's the case i guess where i'm i'm curious then is you because it seems to be the opposite when it comes to your belief in morality. It seems like your your belief in morality is way more open. It's like 100% subjective. You can go anywhere, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because to me morality is just the opposite of what you consider to be good. So if uh or it is what you consider to be good and immoral immorals would be the opposite of what you consider to be good. So, so anything what can be part good does your free will play in your morality? Well, I mean, I don't know if any really, because really? I don't choose that. That yeah, well, yeah. because I don't choose what I necessarily find to be good, right? That um, who chooses it for you then? It, it, it I would say it's no one chooses it. No right? one. Where does it come from then? It comes from just feeling that it okay, is so that, that it is a good. Decision was made. Someone, some you did choose then. No, it it is that would be something that arised. From an external stimulant, right? That's not an internal well, feeling. It's either that, you that's, decided that's, it or someone else or something else decided it for you. Where else could it possibly come from? Unless you're talking about a a, th- a completely new metaphysical entity that, that we're no, it, it is nothing. It is just it just is right. It just is feeling what is? the what, feeling what of good. Just is the the more the is. So you're talking about what's you're talking about morality. I asked you so, where what what where what how does your free will affect your morality? I don't do think you, you yeah, I don't think you choose your morality though. Right? But you just you said you just said this whole time that you do. No, I don't choose it. It's 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 more bred of what I see around me and if I agree with what's happening. But that right? coming to that agreement so is the, the your agreement choice. is the choice, yeah. yes. So you choose. But I don't I don't necessarily know what is. So because you were born right. in it, Illinois in, Amer- in the United States of America, your morality is what 
predetermined? You have no. No. It, okay. So it? then, in that sense, um, it would be determined by my upbringing, right? By what I've been shown, consistent, and then. So it is. Is it then impossible for you to disagree with it? To disagree with my morality? Yeah. Yeah. So. So you, 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 believe- you, your morality can evolve, right? You could change it. You can change your what you perceive sure. to be good. If you used to think that racial slurs are okay, you can now decide. Well, maybe so. That's, in, a, that's, a, that's an immature mind that once thought that that was okay. Mm-hmm. So I no longer believe that I should be saying these things, at least recklessly. So in changing your mind, in changing your morality, what walk me through the the negotiation of that? How do you? How does that process take place in your mind then? So you could say like, let's just use racial slurs as a, as a baseline for this. Right. So I would not want to say those in front of someone I cared about. Right. Someone that it would hurt their feelings because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. It's not, it's not a goal of mine to do, but I also don't find the problem of just saying it. If you know, you stub your toe or whatever, and you just say some, heinous words you know it, that actually helps you <laughs> so, yeah. so you just so you just like shout racial slurs when you stub your toe i don't but i have met others okay. that do so that's you know i'm just saying that, that that's not necessarily a, an immoral act at that point right okay well then let's all right so, so that would be a decision process well let, we're getting a little lost give me an example then maybe in your life of when your morality changed based on your decision making and why i don't know because it's like it's pretty subtle right it's like an overtime it's like usually like a gradual thing it's you've I never had an I can't, aha moment of of morality like, oh, no man i was wrong i've had yeah things i i did i uh i don't know my morality hasn't i've never had like a Oh wow! I've been doing something horrible this whole time. I can't think of anything. Well, can it doesn't you? have to be this like your whole life. It can be just in a moment. I mean, I can think. Yeah, I can think of actually. I can think of a lot of things. I mean, um, as far as I'm concerned, I've. I'd like to call it maturing. I hope that's what it it is. But yeah, I, I can think of things I. I did my for years that I won't say my whole life. I'm not that old, but you know things I did for years that were. They were immoral, and I and I changed my mind about it, and even things that I've done in moments that were immoral that I then quickly changed, like you know, um, making fun of uh, making fun of someone because of uh, an inability that they had or uh, a disability that they had, rather, you know, and then uh, suffering myself from a similar problem or disability, and then realizing just how shitty that was to be that idiot even if it was just for a moment to to you know yeah. to have a laugh with a, a co-worker or a friend um that that is a, that is a measure of even that is a measure of human well-being and 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 it did affect and it did affect my my free will <laughs> and it did affect my morality so i guess there's a couple thoughts going in my mind so i used to i, I have made fun of people outside of their presence before 
So not to their face, you mean? Right. Okay. And then outside of their presence. Yeah, they're you know them not being aware of in the netherworld. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done that, and then I felt kind of bad, and it's like, oh, I shouldn't have talked bad about those people without them hearing it. That's kind of rude. So I'm like, I'm no longer going to make fun of people without them being there. They're all if I'm going to make fun of someone, they have to be there. It has to be to the to their face. To or the or. I would say the same thing to their face. I see. And that, I would guess, probably adjusted what and how often you remarked on your own behind someone's back, right? Right. Because you had... I would, I would, I would almost never talk right. about someone behind their back. Right. But I would say things to their face. And, but, then, but when you did, it probably mattered. I'm gonna guess it wasn't just an off the cuff, or it was a joke, or, 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 or yeah, or, or I was making a joke, you yeah. know, at their expense in some way, but. At that point, it's like, well, you know, I'm just being funny. You know, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just b- making, getting a joke, you know, out of the situation. So what's interesting is what we, I think what's also interesting about that is what we do with those thoughts that we then decided were immoral or, you know, uh, yeah, that were immoral. So like, you know, we, cause technically. Yeah. You just, I just thought it was wrong. To, yeah. But the thoughts to, you had that you used to have that you have now like sort of trashed and ignore or edit out because you, there are things you wouldn't say to someone directly. Yeah. They aren't gone. They're still in your mind. Right. Yeah. And that's, what's interesting to me. That's one of the most interesting things about the human brain is that until you die, it's constantly recording. It's just constantly recording data. It's nonstop. It's like an endless hard drive on a computer. And even what happens in life is obviously you come to you come to moments in your life like the one we just explained. Mm-hmm. And you, you edit the way you act and what you say. And, and, in that, and then, of course, in that essence, change both your free will and your morality uh, for good or worse. And uh, bless you. And um, thanks. But what's interesting is that all those thoughts that you now consider bad or evil that you've changed your mind about they haven't gone anywhere. They're still there. And as you get older, I feel like that become it becomes its own job to manage just that. The unused like database of things that you no longer consider useful or good when it comes to human interaction. Oh, I don't morality. remember every well bad thought that God I've bless had. you. <laughs> I I forget so much about my own history and my own past oh, that's experiences. That's very useful. It is horrible, though. I can't tell you stories about anything. It took me forever just to come up with that one example. Yeah, I, I can't. I I can remember stupid facts about why the sky is blue because the way the the light scatters and we're only seeing the blue light. You know, right. but I can't remember. I can't tell you. A, a precious childhood moment, you know. I just uh-huh. that's a, they, they they don't. I don't hold my own my own history. I can see how that would thoughts. be bad or annoying, but I, in a way, for me, because I'm the opposite, so to me, it sounds almost like a blessing. No, and I know I've heard that before because yeah. there are people that literally don't let go. Like they cannot forget of things. I can't forget. Yeah, I can't like, forget. And things. and they, and it makes them suffer because it's like they're they're always reliving that that the experience of being hurt or or the thing they did that hurt someone else and made them feel bad themselves feel bad there's so, uh you know charlie sheen of course he had a i love the guy i think he's great he's a he space had, man from mars dude he's awesome he uh <laughs> he had an interview that was really enlightening to me because um uh he, they were asking him the woman the interviewer was asking about his health and how 
how has he developed has he gotten better things like that and he said yeah everything's most most things are better he's like i still suffer from shame shivers and and then that before he described it i already knew i'd hoped that 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 term was going where i believed it would be and the interviewer asked me she's like shame shivers what is that and he said you know shame shivers you know like when you're when you're alone or it's late at night and you're and you're just visited you're just thinking about things you did in your life that make you you know upset or cringe and you really you literally jerk you like you know physically jerk and or shiver out of the shame of that moment and uh or regret whatever you want to call it and boy i i was riveted because that happens to me on nearly a daily basis and so i was finally i was happy actually they finally have a term because i don't know what the hell i could never explain that to people and they just probably thought it was nuts but i'm like yeah. but that's what it is it's shame shivers and yes i know what it's like not to to literally remember if i really sit down and give myself time i can remember like way more than i think that i'm that i'm normally carrying around yeah. and that to me while maybe that sounds useful to you and it is sometimes is really kind of like a penance it's like a curse it's like baggage yeah. you know what i mean i have i have to ma- i have to manually edit that shit daily you know yeah i don't even in remember. healthy ways I, I can't tell you much about my own like even like past relationships with with people yeah. like girls or whatever you know i can't remember a lot of the experiences i've had i just they just don't well i don't it's I mean, like the dates are the worst too like, yeah. i can't remember any date like numbers are literally mean nothing to me that i am bad with yeah i can remember like time frames in the sense of like seasons cold warm outside it was fall or whatever but i you're cannot like tell you dundee i can't tell you what month it was or what god forbid what day even. you're like crocodile dundee when he asks his uh he asks the tribal elder when he was born and he says in the summertime yeah <laughs> yeah it was like 10 20 winters ago yeah. who knows you know it was all do it doesn't matter <laughs> it'd be kind of cool if we measured if we measured time like that if we weren't co- so concerned but uh that is how i measure like that's how i remember yeah my time is by the by the season okay so we're getting off course here well let's wrap so let's wrap up the well uh, i got free a, I will. Got a, yeah i got a couple more let's go with q a time q a so if so, we we're talking about psychopathy earlier if someone suffers from psychopathy and they literally cannot feel uh, the emotions that you feel like they can't empathize with you at all, right? Yeah, they lack empathy or compassion. So, if you had a way to cure them of that, but they enjoy being a psychopath and they they like who they are, they're okay with being this person. Should you still cure them of psychopathy, or so is that I? That's a fun question, and we would like that to be a black and white question, like a yes or no. Um. And I and I think there is a yes or no to that, but I don't think it, it comes in stages. And here's what I mean: um, first of all, that that scenario that you you propose mm-hmm. is one that is dealt with by the system of law, right? Even here in America, uh, and we do have to consider that when we pass judgment on people, we mean to call criminals for mm-hmm. their wrongdoing. They're you know. Because people do suffer not just from desperation, although I would say most crime is out of desperation, but from some physical, some me- biological yeah. Um, mental, defect. yeah. Um, and psychopathy is obviously one of them. Now, here's the thing: if if yeah, if we had like Sam Harris says, if we had like a magic pill that we could just give to someone and they would no longer be a violent psychopath, 
Um, it would really be immoral for us not to give it to them. But I think the wording there is wrong. I think it's immoral for us not to offer it to them. And that falls into your argument. Yeah, but, exactly. But I, that's, I, I think it goes further than that. I think even if, um, even when rather you can, let's say, cure someone of their, of their, their violent problem, you still, I think what needs to happen is first judgment still needs to be passed on them for their actions. Okay. For lots of different reasons that I don't know we should, we shouldn't really get into right now because this is another conversation, but they should, judgment should be passed on them for any, any negative actions they have committed to. Okay. Then once they're in their, what's supposed to be their rehabilitation, mm-hmm. which is prison, which of course I don't think it is, but that's another discussion as well. If, if they agree towards the process and having that as part of the process of their rehabilitation, then it should be offered to them and it should in some way uh, reduce maybe their sentencing, especially if it can bring them into being a, a good, useful, purposeful person of society. Well, you'd be a whole new person at that point. Well, I, especially like just like the quote that we read at the beginning of this. Yeah. It's like you're you're no longer You're not that the person. same anymore. Yeah. yeah. Here's the problem I have with um, that medicine or that technology. Um, it sounds more like a weapon than a cure to me yeah i think sounds like brainwashing yeah well i think i think if we have had that or if we don't already have some form of that i don't think it will be used in our best interest because uh when it comes to uh the the fundamental again i'm going back to what i call the element the elements of morality um at base human i think morality is negative and i think that um Morality in general, the reason why I say I I say and agree that it's born out of uh, um, an effort to create well-being, to improve well-being in man, is that we realize that without morality, uh, we deteriorate into nothingness. I think that's the greatest fear of all is that mankind will disappear because we have no morality or that our morality is too subjective because um, that's and that's why I have a problem um uh, or rather, I, I should not. I should say I disagree with your point of view. Is because I do think that if we if we say morality is one hundred percent subjective, then we let vil- like really really dangerous villains slip by underneath the guise of 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 that of that decision of that subjection and allow them the time and space and maybe even the resources they need to plan our ultimate demise. Yeah. I I mean I agree that it's a that it does sound more like a a weapon. It sounds like brainwashing to me to take someone who is unwillful and to physically alter their mind to believe in another. Yeah, state. because here's the thing. Um, um, I'm I'm having fun with you now. If we had that technology, we had that pill mm-hmm. or that treatment, right? In your world, it would only matter on who whoever had the most power and the ability to apply that cure quote-unquote right um to decide subjectively yeah what they thought was moral or immoral which means then they could just decide whatever they really what that means is you can think whatever you want well that's why it I doesn't think it matter anymore be, if it's good or bad or, that's why i think it would be so dangerous to have that ability yeah is because it, it, it morality to me is subjective. well that's i so, think the world we live in is mostly in agreement with you i would say i think i'm in the minority i think most people would agree with you or at least that's the world, how the world seems to operate. Yeah. I would uh, like to scale it back a little and talk about a tumor. 
in the brain, mm-hmm. right? So if you had a tumor in the brain that was act- making you change your behavior into either violent or sexual offender, because that has happened. There are there are you there are people who have had tumors, sure. even brain some tumors caused and, by toothaches. Yeah, and they've had had a tumor removed, and they mm-hmm. those violent or sexual offending urges have have gone away. And but I would say that that is. A, a good thing to do, right? To remove that tumor. You're not changing the person, right? Because the person was changed by the tumor. Yeah. So, so it's, I, it's a different situation in that standpoint. It was like you're restoring the original person. Yes. But, uh, well, I say, but I, I, if what you're alluding to is whether or not we can like forgive that person afterwards. No, because asking? no, because I don't think that you should. Uh, forgive that person for what they did because that person should have sought help when they saw that they were changing into something they So what knew would be the best possible thing to do for that person? Well, the best possible thing for that person would to approach uh, a professional uh, in some in that field of, you know, the mind. Brain surgery. Sort of brain surgery, yes, a, yeah. a, a psychiatrist, someone who, who understands these kinds of things. And something because you know this is out of your control. You 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 know that this is different. This has never happened to you before. It is now your responsibility to, to protect do what to protect those around you. No, but what should we do about that help. person with the tumor? Well, that person is, should look for help and have it. Should removed. look for help. Well, they've committed a crime because of it. You said before, so in before, prison. but before they even uh, commit the crime, they should look for. Well, help. Well, that I think already happens, right? I mean, if you have, if but you have not, some operable, I'm just tumor, saying that that's it, that is your. That is your moral responsibility. Whose moral responsibility? That your own. That is your responsibility. Not in the sense of subjective. You mean moral. The, the person with the tumor? Yeah. Okay, they, but, they need to look for help. Yeah, but well, yeah, but that's like often. The, okay, but if you don't know you have a tumor that's making right, you but an you know you, but you know you're becoming insane, so you need to seek help. Okay. You can see that. I you're, guess I'm you're missing the point that you're making. It seems like an obvious thing to say. Yeah, but some people, I'm, I'm just saying, just scaling it back from psychopathy to the sense of like that person is a psychopath. This person is not necessarily a psychopath or or, or a immoral being. They were altered. They have, uh, so they, they yeah, so I, they what I guess I, I, the the question I would have posed was, is should you treat that person the same as a psychopath? And in terms and, of and, what? In terms of, is it still? Should you help? Should you remove that tumor? And well, and continue, I mean, is is that the same? If and same should, as brainwashing in well, the sense of like, if you were to cure a psychopath? No, no, no. You're talking about you're talking about two different. I mean, these there's a very different. There's huge differences in in that comparison. First of all, the person with the tumor, you we you presume it would be normal anyway without it, or was right. at one time normal. And, and and a good person right. until they were until they were afflicted by the the, mm-hmm. the disease that gave them the tumor, and then they became a bad person and did bad things. Right. So, uh, in curing them of that tumor by removing it, let's say they simply return to who they were. Yeah. That's what you presume. That's so. A, there, there's yeah. no manipulation involved there. That that's that would be the same in my yeah. mind as like waking from a nightmare or waking from a coma. You simply just weren't you when 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 you had that disease. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of like whether that affects like say our judgment of you in society or, or your sentencing based on the laws you broke, I don't think that should change at all. But a person who is psychopathic, 
um, has been psychopathic since they were born. Um, right. Th- you know, since they were, at, th- that is something that they, that was with Their them body. when they were developed. And, and so there is no other version of them that we can compare to. That is them. And anything done to them to change them is, is a complete, uh, is, is a complete new architecture of their character and, mm-hmm. and their physiology, really. Yeah. So, you're really, in a sense, developing. You're you're sort of designing a new person. That's why it sounds manipulative and, as you said, brain like brainwashing. I mean, I, how else would you describe well, it? Well, no, but I'm not disagreeing. But I'm saying that is it's incomparable to say the person with a, with a tumor. Well, I it's think it's it's, it's, com- it's comparable in the sense of they're both medical afflictions. Yeah, but that's all. That's the only similarity, right? That you, but, but that's that, such a that's general a, that, thing to say. I mean, yes, yes, but that's why I think it's it's worthy of discussing and comparing. I should have asked the, those two questions in opposite order. <laughs> that uh, would have been a better uh, grad step up instead of step down. Well, I think there's less. To, I'll just put it to you this way: I think there's less to wager. There's less to negotiate uh, internally with myself if, for some reason, I had to pass those decisions on that person. If they were the person with a tumor, mm. as opposed to a person who was violently, violently psychopathic, um, it, it, that to me is just universe A and universe B. It's yeah, I think I think as a psychopath, you can re- recognize that you have these that you're a different kind of person, right? Well, they often do. Different watch. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And that you can learn the rules of society and see you know how to th- survive and thrive in this society. You know, you don't have to necessarily empathize to act. You can you can keep, you know. You can keep. Well, I mean, I think that was something I I actually saw. Um, as some again, I'm terrible with names and whatnot, but it's a YouTube video I watched um, with a psychologist. He was talking, and he was also a neuroscientist. He was talking about how. Um, uh, psychopathy can be useful actually in, in certain oh, yeah. vocations and then not all people who are psychopathic uh, are violent uh, nor are they um, I guess per se evil uh, even though they lack the uh, the emotional reactions that normal people use to understand what is good and what is bad uh, in other words understanding human human well-being it's like when you're a kid right and um uh, you make fun of another kid because of how they're dressed or something like that. If you are, if you're like most people and you're moral, once you see the reaction from that that other kid, uh, and that it hurt them, yeah, you, their you feelings, got, they cry then, or they're they're visually upset, then you realize that what you had done was bad. Yeah, because it, it makes you feel bad, makes yeah, you feel ill. It's the mere neurons activating in the sense, you know, you see you see sadness, you feel sadness. That's why. It's like when you when you see someone yawn, you yawn or laugh. You're you're laughing. Because yeah, I've always enjoyed that des- that description of empathy. Is you know when <laughs> yawning makes makes other people yawn. Dude, they're contagious. But uh, <laughs> okay, so but going back to like a, a violent psychopath, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Richard Leonard uh, Kuklinski, the Ice Man? Oh yeah, so he was uh, a mob. He was a mob hitman. Oh no, not that one. Okay, so he they made a movie about him. I think it's called The Iceman. It's with the guy who plays uh, General Zod. It's really good. Okay, but um, from the Man of Steel movie. But um, so Kuklinski was a mob hitman. I want to say from the seventies. I think they caught him, um, in the eighties, or was it the nineties? Maybe the nineties. Anyway, um, there is there's the Iceman tapes, which is basically um videos that they recorded with him being interviewed. Um, and what's amazing to me is that 
he's a perfect example of someone who is just he's a true psychopath true and true is completely attached um from any emotions that most of us would have when it comes to doing something heinous like killing mm-hmm. another human being and and what really in my mind what really makes it heinous is the fact that it was um it's the murder of a human being based on material gain so he was paid to do it you know that's not it's not personal in any way right like, it wasn't be, it wasn't a crime of passion right it wasn't like, there like are, there's you know, murder ven- we can forget let's be honest or, you know, yeah i mean someone Someone hurts your children, you're going right. to want some sort of vengeance on that person. Dude, one of my favorite stories, well, I mean, in for this, for what we're talking about, was, um, I think it was in the 70s, early 80s, there was a, uh, there was a boy who was being um, sexually molested and raped by his karate teacher. I don't remember names. And uh, it went on for like two or three years, and um, eventually it, it, his parents discovered it. So you can just imagine how they felt. But this kid had been completely manipulated. You know what I mean? He, he, he developed almost like a Stockholm syndrome from it. Like he, at first it was, and he admits it was like, you know, it was against his will. He, was, he felt abused. He felt terrible, yada, yada. Yeah. But then eventually it just became like, uh, you know, like something he just had to deal with in his life because that's how humans are. We're, we're tenacious. We're adaptive. Yeah. Right? We even under... We justify things in your own Yeah, well, just too. under terrible duress. I don't know if we justify... Yeah, we do that too. But I mean, even under just terrible duress, we learn to live on, right. to, to survive. Yeah. And that's what it became for this young man, unfortunately. But anyway, what happened was... Um, the father planned when they when the when the, the teacher was going through sentencing and he was going to get you know life or whatever the triple life whatever whatever how sentencing worked back then um the father caught him in in transition between con air or whatever to another prison at an airport and shot and murdered him killed him right in front of the policeman and the, and i think what the policeman said was even used in a movie it was like mississippi mississippi burning or whatever where the policeman said he was, uh, when he was brought to trial to see you know like to either like be to testify against the, the father as the shooter mm-hmm. uh he said he didn't he said no if it was me i would have did the same thing because they asked him didn't he, you know they the they the the um the, the not the defendant the uh, prosecutor was trying to like you know like rag the police officers like didn't you know this man could have shot you what if he missed he's like your own life was in danger and he's like it doesn't matter basically if that was me i'd have done the same thing and the father got off he dude was not Really? Was, yeah, he it was something weak like probation or something like that. It was like slap on the wrist for murdering uh, another man. I don't know if I okay. So yeah, would I do the same thing? Who knows? I I have never been in such a terrible situation to to do that. But I think that isn't a crime a crime regardless of your reason. Well, I don't think that we should just go around saying, "Oh yeah, that's acceptable. That's okay." Exactly. But I am happy that he got off. I have to admit, like I do think that uh, I think think I think moments like that 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 slip through the cracks. I think uh, those are victory stories because, and here's why: um, I don't want to sound like I side too much of the vigilante, but I do sometimes because I think it is a necessary component to keeping the system honest. I think if it's just all control all the time, then you just get people who do what they want, and then the protectors become the abusers. So you do need that. You do need... It's just like nature and balance. You you can't be all order. You need some entropy. You need some chaos, right? So that's, that's yeah, why I think I it's mean, important. Yeah, but I mean, to me, it's like... I don't understand hate crimes. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. You, you committed a crime, regardless of your reasons. It doesn't, why, why get a worse sentence well, because, I because you know, it was racially charged or whatever reason you committed? Who cares what your reason was? You still did something... Ho- something wrong you should be punished 
for the thing you did wrong, not for your reasons. To me, that just doesn't. I don't know. That it's is, hard. It's that's hard to make stark sense contradiction to me. with your beliefs of other cultures and their morality and causing pain based on belief. Right, but that's not law giving is a, mo- a moral based thing for me. To me, it, wow. it, it is. It is really a deterrent. That is why we have laws is to deter you from committing the law or but breaking is, the law. Isn't but isn't law man's feeble attempt at decency as it says in the no i don't think it's not necessarily like a decency i think it's a it is a construct to to help people work together it's not to to make you a moral person it's to it's to make it so that we can can work together to to cooperate it's a system to force you to cooperate how do we cooperate without decency at any length of time though i mean i just don't think decency is the cause is the reason right It, it cooperation is the reason i think they all go together in my mind at least I don't so see, so I don't do you do you see a difference between hate crimes and regular crimes are they the same or are they different well what's what's what do you mean a hate crime and a regular crime what's a regular crime so i i i, I murdered a person does it matter I mean, my reasons behind the murder yeah you the reasons behind a murder do matter absolutely i mean what if you're a soldier what if you were told to murder Okay, but that's not that's that 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 is war, right? Okay, but it doesn't matter. That's, that's not, a that, reason for the act. But that's war, right? It's a okay, okay. For, so war I, is a reason. Then I stole. Okay, does it matter? I stole from a Korean because I hate Koreans. I don't really hate Koreans, but <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter if I stole it from them because no, I, I think, it's a Korean shop, or does it matter that I just stole something? Well, no, yeah, the veracity. The veracity of the crime does matter, and the, and the motivation matters. That's why we have laws that measure that. You, you can't, I don't agree with that, though. Oh, I do, because that's otherwise... So stu- to me, that's dumb. Yeah, but It's then, like, what does it matter what your well, reason it's was? Dumb. It's like... It does matter, because just, just the reason... Charge everyone the same no, for the crime that you, they committed. Well, okay, but there are examples of societies that did that, and it led to what? It led to... The uh, the a punishment the punishment exceeding the crime, and so that's that was what I was trying. The point I was trying to make earlier is that the protectors become the abusers if they always have complete control. In other words, it's always just if you have the ability to uh, be as harsh to, to pass as harsh as a judgment as you want, irregardless of the motivation of the crime and the criminal that you're judging, then you can be. You can be as violent and nasty as you want, and there are societies today and in history that have demonstrated that. That is why we don't do that, because then that's too much power to to the uh, the person passing judgment, passing sentencing, passing a uh, punishment. You have you have to measure punishment based on crime. Otherwise, yeah, you lose control without a doubt. So you're like a end justify the means kind of viewpoint on that. I mean, some things line up that way. We, we've gotten smarter about that. I mean, we, we once believed in, you know, eye for an eye or, you know, tooth for a tooth and things like that. But some things still play out that way because logically, scientifically, that makes sense. But we don't, we don't again, we don't blanket it. We, we've adjusted our laws um, in good and bad ways. I mean, like a bad, like a bad example would be that I think we're, you know, we, we were too harsh on, um, on uh, drug abusers. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think the I government think, should be telling I you think what the difference to, what between to someone with your own body. Well, that's just, that's part of it, definitely. You know, I agree with that. But I also think that um, 
the difference between a user and a seller, yeah, we do treat that very starkly differently, and we should. But I think we're too harsh on the abuser. Um, I think I think we should be mo- we should use we should be motivated to to flex that kind of of deterrent and things that really matter that matter way more than what someone is doing to hurt themselves. Yeah. Even though I want to help that person, and I agree, there is an argument. A lot to- of, a lot of drug abusers aren't necessarily turning to drugs because they're fun, right? They're well, turning can, to drugs can, because they got they yeah. got bigger problems. You got to solve the the problem that they're going through right. to I'm just to saying, solve their drug addiction. Yeah, I'm there, yeah, there's lot there's lots of reasons. I'm just saying as an example of like what I think is a bad a bad um edit in in the you know, in making something more complex and more punished more punished than it needs to be. Right. Right? But one exa- but an example of something uh, that has increased its punishment based on the act is like rapists. Uh, we're way harder on rapists in America now than we were 30 years ago, right? It's much. It's the punishment for that crime is higher than it used to be, and it still varies by state. But it, it overall is it's, it's a higher punishment. It's a it's a stiffer punishment uh, for rape than it used to be. Even, you know, even just 30 years ago, which to me is like yesterday. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's in my lifetime. Right. So. That's an example of, you know, that that in that example, it's not I, it's not eye for an eye, right? It's 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 eye for eye for a dagger because the person who's committing that crime is getting a punishment that is far worse than the crime they committed, which I agree with because I was gonna say because like you know <laughs> they're gonna be going through a lot more of a mental distress after the the but act has been we committed. So I mean I'm not saying I, I wouldn't necessarily agree that it's an overreaction of a punishment. I'm not saying that's what you are saying. I'm just well, no, I just don't think that it is. Yeah, but we've, over we've come, over. my point is we've come to that conclusion based on logic and science and, and data. Right, right. We realize there's more going on than just the act. Than just the act, mm-hmm. right? There's 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 damage is done afterwards in other mm-hmm. words so that's why i'm just using that as an example of how we the so, motivation of the crime has to affect the punishment it can't just be a a broad punishment no matter what you do wrong i mean that that seems ridiculous to me well i mean if you charge one murderer five years i know that's like low but if you charge some one person five years for their crime you should charge another person the same amount for the same crime. Like, what's the reasons behind the crime? I just don't see the why the reason of you committing an act. If you if you broke the rules, you got spanked. That's how that works. Yeah, it doesn't matter it's, why it's you how broke you the break rules. the rules in which in which rules you break. That that has to matter. That has to matter. Otherwise, we might as well just go live in some dictatorship or some communist society where uh, they can just do whatever they want to because they can decide that the, they can change the punishment whenever they want. It won't matter what you did wrong. You know. It may, may it may accidentally match up with what you did wrong. Like if you're, a, you know, like a serial killer or something, and you get put away or sentenced to death, you know, okay, fine. Then that then that punishment makes sense. But if you were smoking weed in your car on the side of the highway, and now you're put away for life or sentenced to death, I'm not saying all, No, I'm not saying that. You just all, said that. No, I'm not saying that all crimes should be charged this the same. I'm saying the same crimes between different people should be charged the same. But they are. No, they're not. Sure, they are. No, you just said that they're not too. You're saying no, that like they are. No, it doesn't murder, matter what race, what race or or, or color you are. It doesn't no, matter I'm talking about the, the reasons behind the crime don't matter, right? You still committed the crime. You should be charged the same for that crime as the same per, as a different person that got did this that crime. Oh no no you're, no yeah I'm sorry 
Yeah, I agree. No, that's how it works and that's how it should be. Like if, if I murder you, so for example, here's how it affects it, right? To my limited knowledge. Uh, I feel like we're like way out of, we're not even, I don't, I don't. We're, we're still technically talking about free will, I think. Yeah. Um, but, well, well, I'll just end my, my point of view with this. If, if I murder someone, let's say I shoot them. Okay, I shoot them once in the head, they're dead. Um, there is a, a sort of like there is like a definite punishment that is going to be uh, put upon me. Mm-hmm. Okay, depending on where in the country or what right. country I'm in. Um, but that punishment will be edited based on my reasons for the crime and how it developed. So, for example, if I've been planning to kill my wife for let's say the last six months, and I've been saving money on the side. Uh, and I was going to hire a hitman. I contacted one. Then I, then we both got cold feet. And, you know, I'll just draw a little story here. And then I decided to do the act myself, right? So that's premeditated. I've been thinking about murder for a long time. I have calculated it out. I, um, you know, I'm, I did a full villain stretch on this shit, right? right. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Disney villain at this point in an R-rated Disney movie. <laughs> but, uh, but, if, uh, but if I caught my wife with another man and murdered him, Right, as you mentioned, there is right. what they call crime, crime of passion. Yeah. Um, I, I, as far as I know, people usually in that instance suffer less, slightly less of the same punishment right. based on that, and that that and that comes and the reason we we come to that understanding, the reason why we have that judgment or are allowed to make that judgment, is because we have evidence, we have data that tells us just how different a human can react based on pressure. Based right. on stress, based on emergency, right? The person who planned out their murder, that person is devious. That person, you know, they they were they had, they had multiple time, chances. They had to, multiple chances to stop themselves, right. right? The same way, you know. Uh, but the person who acted out of emotion technically didn't, and we get we understand that we get that, and that's why we're, we're likely to be easier on that criminal than we are on the first one, and that matters. That matters. And that's, mm. I'm going to end it with that. But do you, do you have anything else to say about free will? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and you do too. <laughs> yeah, well, as Christopher Hitchens would say, I have it because I have no choice. That's funny. <laughs>